and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let us pray. Fathers, we have read your holy word. We thank you for its clarity and its authority, and we thank you that you allow us the privilege of sitting under its direction this morning. So would you be our teacher and would you guide us in these moments that the Lord Jesus would be lifted up in our midst, that we'd find our faith growing ever stronger as we obey that holy word and as we learn from it. And so in these moments, Father, would you lead us in Jesus' name, amen. In your sermon outline that you can see, there's just three simple points this morning. Next week, Lord willing, we will get back into our study in the Gospel of Matthew, but we're going to take just a brief road trip, if you will, in the book of Acts today. The first point, they performed a miracle. They performed a miracle. Peter and John are on their way to the temple. They were pious, they were committed men, faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're demonstrating their commitment to him. So while they're on the way to serve and commune with God, the Lord gave them an opportunity to serve a neighbor. And I think we can imagine the scene. It's a situation where there has already been open hostility and opposition to the gospel. But Peter and John are determined to remain faithful to the Lord. And so as they're walking up the steps of the temple, they see this lame man, this crippled man, sitting at the gate and begging for money. It's a common occurrence. They would have seen this often. But suddenly they find themselves faced with a choice. Should they fulfill their duty to pray or should they help this man? Do they show their love for God or do they show their love for man? They could have said, well, let's just go in and pray and fulfill our religious duty. And if this guy is still here when we are done, then we can help him. They could have also said, oh, the poor fellow. Well, let's just go and pray and hope that somebody is sent who has the gift of compassion to take care of him. And you can imagine the stream of people going in and out. Now, keep in mind, this was at the gates of the temple. And because this man was lame, according to the Old Testament law, he was not eligible to go into the temple. Because there was a physical deformity. And so may he, he may have longed to be with the people of God, but he could not because there was something that was holding him back. We almost have here a perfect real-life example of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Here's a man who is lame, who's in need, who is sick. The priests, the Levites, the Holy Joes, they all walk by him and just keep on walking. They were too busy serving God to be bothered by the needs of a man. But Peter and John don't respond in that way. They understand the reality that oftentimes in the providence of God, we serve him best by showing his love and mercy to others. So they talk to the man. They begin to elicit a response. Of course, he needs to be physically healed, but there was also a greater healing that they, he needed to be forgiven of his sins. But speaking words of faith, they command the man to stand up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is healed. Now, there's a lot more that we could say about this, but since our time is brief this morning, let's focus on one thing. While Peter and John were on their way to the temple, while it was that they wanted to be serving God, they remained open to how God could use them and redirect their paths so that they might serve others. They performed a miracle. There's a symbol here of the good works that are the outflow of a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. As we have been born again by the Spirit of God, 
He will work in us so that the outflow will be these works of obedience and joy and offering and sacrifice. And it may be in, include, it may include the alleviation of suffering of another. So friends, let's be open to the God of all time and the God of time to interrupt our calendars, to interrupt our schedules. He may open doors for further opportunity to make Christ known while he is interrupting our schedule. Even this morning we had an interruption in the schedule. But that's okay because it's still God's time. So Peter and John performed a miracle. And as a result, our second point, they had an opportunity to make Christ. They preached the gospel. They preached the gospel. So after healing this crippled man, they bring him into the temple courts. And you can imagine the news spreading quickly through the crowd. Of course, they, there would be joy that would be manifested after this miracle. I mean, you can imagine it, can't you? That this man that you were used to seeing crippled at the gate now is suddenly in the midst, in the middle of their fellowship, walking and leaping and praising God. It's going to at least cause you to turn your head and wonder what is going on. I'm sure they saw the joy in the man's face. They saw the newfound strength in his legs, and they began to wonder. So beginning in verse 11, and I won't take the time to read it, but you can kind of follow along as I explain what's going on. Peter and John recognize that there's a great opportunity to preach the gospel. And notice that's what they do. They share the gospel. They deflect all attention away from themselves and put it squarely on the promises of God, the greatness of God, what he has accomplished in Christ Jesus. They point to the acts of God, to the fulfillment of prophecy, to the storyline of God, how he's been working through his people. They point to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They don't talk about what they have done. They don't talk about their position as apostles. Instead, they point to God in Christ Jesus. That's a great example for us to follow. Whatever it might be, the role or position that you have been given by God, recognize that it has been given by God for God's purposes, for God's service. And so as we go into chapter 4, I'm just going to read the first four verses. It says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, and greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. They had the opportunity to teach and to preach and to point people to Jesus, and that's exactly what they did, telling them about a God who had raised his son from the dead for the right, the, the vindication and the justification of his people. And the result was, in verse 4, many of those who heard the word believed. And we're told now this church is growing in great numbers, from just a handful to 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, and now 5,000 as a result of what's happening here. And so, friends, think about what your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your resources might be. And surrender, as it were, all of those things to God. Allowing him to work through you to use those things for his good. Because he's going to give you opportunities to share the message of Christ 
the salvation that is found only in Christ to all those who have ears to hear. So take advantage of those situations. And as you do, continually turn the attention away from yourself, but towards the Lord, the Lord of glory, the risen Lord. And God has promised that those that abide in him, who walk in his ways, who are open to his working, God has promised he will use them and speak through them. And it could be then that God will use you as an instrument through which he will speak to others that will draw them to hear the gospel and draw them to faith in Jesus Christ. We, we fight an ongoing battle in our hearts. I saw a cartoon yesterday that said, NASA, it's, it's just a cartoon, but it's a theme and you'll, you'll catch it. NASA has discovered the center of the universe, much to the astonishment of those who thought they were. We struggle with that in our own hearts. We do want to make ourselves the center of the universe. God says it's all about me. Point people to Christ. As you share, as you serve, as you lead, point them to Christ. Now notice the apostles here were willing to preach even as they faced hostility. The authorities came, we don't want you preaching about this Jesus, but here you are. You see, in their mind, they had already crucified Jesus and they thought it was over. And now, here are these ones coming right into the temple, preaching the gospel, preaching the message of the resurrection. Even in the midst of authorities who say you can't do that. So they performed a miracle, they preached the gospel. Thirdly, they paid the price. Let's begin reading in Acts chapter 4 verse 5. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family, verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So remember what we said. This was a situation of hostility to the gospel. The Jewish leaders were keen to, keen to keep political and religious control of Jerusalem. And now these followers of Christ are coming and preaching the gospel. So they come over and see what is happening. They investigate, and to their surprise, they see them preaching and people coming after them. They must deal with the situation quickly. So, rather than using the power of persuasion, they use the persuasion of power and throw them in jail. They organize a court hearing. They begin to ask questions. And Peter and John remain strong and determined in spite of the opposition that they are facing. Perhaps they recall the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, And when you are dragged before tribunals and men 
to give a testimony. Do not worry about what you will say, for it will be given you by the Holy Spirit. Did you notice it said they were filled with the Holy Spirit? And they began to preach. And when they preached, they preached the truth to those in authority. They knew that their ultimate role was to be ambassadors for Christ and to share his message to those around them. They were willing to pay the price because they knew the Savior. Would that be true of us? Are we willing to pay the price in an increasingly hostile culture to be identified with Jesus Christ? It might take several forms. It might just be, it might start out with ridicule from neighbors or co-workers. It might be rejection from family members or those around you. As time moves forward with the trends that we are on, it may lead to legal troubles. It might lead to prison. It might mean to facing the, the, the possibility of losing your job because of the gospel. It might mean eventually being in prison. Certainly Christians around the world today are facing the possibility not only of losing their jobs, not only of being put in prison, but of losing their lives. Are you willing to pay that price if God calls you to it? The apostles performed a miracle. They preached the gospel. They paid the price. But what was the key to their power and their success and their joy and their faithfulness? Look at me at verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Peter and John might not have been with the cool and the powerful people of the day. They might not have gone to all the right theological classes. They might not have had the most followers on what would be their equivalent of social media pages. But they had something far more important and far more powerful. They had been with Jesus. They had walked with him and learned from him and saw him and allowed them to be taught he had transformed their lives. And it was this personal and intimate relationship that they had with Jesus that made all the difference. Therefore, they gladly proclaimed Jesus, gladly preached Jesus, and gladly suffered for Jesus. Even the enemies looked at them and recognized, aha, these ones have been with Jesus. When the story of our lives is written, and when people look at us, those that know us the best are those that are enemies of the gospel. What will they say? Will they say, like the enemies of Peter and John, this is a man or a woman who has been with Jesus? Or will they say, there were other things in his or her life that were more important? Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Let us pray. Father, as we think about the challenge of your word and we think about the joy of salvation, Father, would you grow our faith that we would recognize that the most precious treasure we have in life is Jesus himself, that the reward is our Savior, that the glory is to be in his presence, that the hope is to be his child. Father, we know 
that this is the same world that put Jesus on a cross. And Jesus said, if they've done it to me, they will do it to you. And so, Father, would you gird us and strengthen us and encourage us that we would be willing even to lose everything, knowing that in Christ, ultimately, we have everything. Father, may you cause us to learn and teach us the example of these early apostles. And would you fill us anew and afresh with your Holy Spirit that we would walk with boldness, with humility, and with great joy. And Father, as it was said of these early apostles, that they rejoiced, that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. May we also be willing to rejoice if that day should come that you would even count us worthy to suffer for his great name. But Father, help us to enjoy you this day, to be strengthened by the joy of your salvation. And thank you for your indwelling spirit that will guide and teach us in the moment of need so that Jesus will be exalted. And so to that end we pray for your glory, for our good, in Jesus' name. already sung about the grace of our Savior. Let's stand and sing of his mercy. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new our sins they are many his mercy is more what love could remember no wrongs we have done omniscient all-knowing he counts not their sum thrown into a sea without bottom or shore our sins they are many his mercy is more What patience would wait as we constantly roam? What Father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. What riches of kindness.